listening to NADP Resurrection, the podcast where we talk about this week in gaming news. I'm your host, Joseph Burchette, and with me, as always, Lionel. I am angry. You're stepping on my lines, Mike. Now i got to come up with another one. Just stepping on my whole gimmick. No, because it's his show, so it's his gimmick. <laughs> Just like on my show, he's Joe Face. On your show, I can be whatever you want. Oh, my. Yeah, you're whatever I want you to be. On your show, Mike. <laughs> so get to work. Oh, if I gotta my. sell my body to make this network work, I'll do it. Okay. I like how you went there, even though he didn't go there. But that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, and Mike. <laughs> hello. Why hello, hello, Mike. Uh, first things first, my old friend. Before gaming. Sexy news. What all we be playing, bad English? Lionel, what are you playing? Um, this game will actually pop up on the news a little later, but I got back into uh, Stardew Valley. Uh-huh. And it was interesting jumping back in now because they've actually added a bit to the game. Hmm. What stood out to me is, is the, the nature of your farm when you start. You can actually pick different variants. Because I like fishing a lot, I pick the one where there's like ponds, and you're the landmass is actually like a uh, a bit of smaller islands versus just a huge ass piece of land. Um, there were some different ones. I can't remember all of them. I just remember there's one where like the land on your farm is haunted, <laughs> and you gotta fight monsters at night. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> That's yeah. different. Um, there's another one where I think like your farm's a lot smaller, but it bleeds directly into like the forest area in the next green. So uh, you don't have as much farmland, but you do like the naturally occurring uh, elements you find in that forest appear a lot more frequently. So you'll find like grapes and bamboo shoots and all kinds of shit out there mm. without having to do any work to get it outside of collecting it. Um, yeah, because it was, it was like a fisherman's mode, adventure mode. The basic mode was like the farmer. I can't remember what the third one was. Maybe it was like better for raising animals or something. But yeah, there's variants based on your preferred play style, which is kind of neat. And there's good reason why I guess the creator of Harvest Moon, when he was playing this, was just like, wow, we need to step up our game here. This is just, because yeah. it sounds like they keep adding so much to it. Yeah, well, it, it kind of, uh, you know, as much as the guy who made this loves Harvest Moon, as much as the people playing Stardew Valley love Harvest Moon, the uncomfortable reality is that we knew they were kind of phoning it in at this point. Oh, yeah, especially after that split uh, when the, like, the original yeah. creator started doing his own thing and started yep. making those seasons well, It was, um, it was or, the um, It was when the the folks who had it licensed in the States actually got the full license to it. Marvelous? Or is that not? Yeah, it's mar- Marvelous. I can't remember. We we talked about it in another episode. Yeah. But yeah, so then the original creator uh, kind of took off in a different direction, starting with um, Rune Factory, and then made like the 
something season or something of ages. I can't remember what that other series is called, but yeah. Yeah. And it's really just phoning it in now. It's pretty cookie cutter. They don't really, <laughs> they're yeah. not that great anymore. Which is uh, the trade off is, is there's a lot of harvest moon, no matter which direction you look. <laughs> This is true, but everyone is going if, towards Stardew Valley. If you, want, uh, if you want to play it and you're like, you've got a really low attention span or you're really stupid, there's always Farmville. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's mean. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you said I'm in, I'm, or if I'm in a bad a, mood. You said or if they have a different attention span. <laughs> or still not stupid. nice. I'm just uh, mad because I I wasted money on things. <laughs> Grain of salt, everyone. Too much coke and too much hookers. <laughs> it's just stupid. Hey, hey, you gotta... Those aren't my vices. Gambling. Uh, Let's be clear. Looks like we got our episode header. Okay, uh, Mike. How about you? What are you playing? What about me, motherfucker? <laughs> stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. Uh, yes, express your love for games to us. Oh. Uh, here, let's see. Uh, uh, what have I been playing? Let's mm. see, yesterday. Um, um, sorry, I just realized something. Remind me to talk about that after the show, what I just realized. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh, let's see. Um, well, me and Jumpy Cables played some more Blacklist yesterday. Um, and that was kind of infuriating. Oh. Because we There had, was some technical difficulties. Well, that too. Yeah, the technical diffi- difficulties. It's just more you play bullshit. We've yeah. extolled the... Uh, Virtues of you play on this podcast before, but yeah, it's like come on, Ubisoft, like why? I, I don't know. You don't what need happened? to do this. Steam works fine on its own. Yeah. What happened this time? I just connection problems. Like we oh, connect to okay. each other for a bit. Um, and we were trying a bunch of random stuff, so who knows what worked or if it just decided to work, but. But, you know, the game is great, and, you know, Ubisoft just gives another one. But drop Uplay. Don't put Uplay in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drop Uplay, give us another game. Um, give us a distinctive scenario here, because you you, you did some serious work with uh, Conviction. Blacklist was good, but the story wasn't as dynamic, I guess. Yeah, I, I was fine with the story. It, it definitely wasn't as good just because Conviction's kind of a classic, like, personal, like, fucking yeah. man vengeance story. It's kind of... It's it's some, like, hardcore dad fiction. Yeah, it kind of owes something to, like, Death Wish and, like, shit like that, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one was kind of more of a return to, like, Tom Clancy political thriller type shit. Um, yeah, the main problem. Whole lot of political going on in there too. Which I don't mind so much um, if it's interesting. 
I'm not sure mm-hmm. how interesting this stuff was. It was kind of interesting, but not really. It was, felt kind of throwaway. Um, but, you know, it was there. It felt like you were doing stuff. It was cool. But uh, really the character... And, you know, the characters are pretty cool, but just, I don't know, something about the way they changed Sam up. Just, we talked about it already. But. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, like, if they were to make another game, what direction would you guys want them to take Sam? Can I go or first? Just, yeah. 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 Um, I want. I don't want him playable. I want him as, like, gruff-ass commander man. Yeah. Did we not talk mm. about uh, this on the show? I don't think we have. I'm not sure. Um, I may have mentioned what I wanted, though, which was basically, like, the characters you play as character characters depending upon whether you're doing co-op or not i i want for there to be some customizable element to them maybe not even necessarily in their personalities and stuff but like kind of like how you're able to unlock bonuses by playing a certain way maybe unlock additional abilities by playing in that way yeah um become neat it's that's an interesting <laughs> take because you could go a couple ways with that. You could have it. I don't know. You could have like different types of specialties. If you know, you could maybe I don't know play as an Intel guy or like an Overwatch guy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could have people who are on the ground but don't have as many abilities. Or, but yeah, I think that could be interesting. Actually, I really like that idea. Kind yeah. Of like. It'd be the equivalent of like playing a Metal Gear game from the perspective of like a foot soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they had some elements like that in there where you play as Briggs and he has like the FPS setup. Yeah. But, uh, or like when you're, uh, utilizing drones or shooting from the airplane that like super sniping, like maybe just more of the team. Yeah. Would be kind of cool. Um, as far as like where they should take Sam, I think what we're describing really should have just been what Blacklist was. Like he should have. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, well, at the end of Conviction, it seems like he's, he's like done with military shit. Like he should just be, he should be, you know, going, some, he should be retiring or something. Yeah, really. Um, and then we find him like he's just like back and he's like super like I'm like, he's in the thick of it. Yeah, I'm with the government again. Like I'm talking to my daughter, you know, long distance again, even though I thought she was dead and I should probably be spending time with her. A lot more time. And and not to mention, like my buddy who went through it for me in the last game is like in the hospital or <laughs> some shit. Yeah. Um so it it was it, there's such a huge discombobulation of it's like a huge dissonance yeah. there between the last game and this game not to mention minor thing well not it's major thing but just kind of adding to that it'd be one thing if he was in the field occasionally he's the goddamn point man on this whole thing yeah not only that but he's like in a commanding role yeah it's kind of yeah, he's, he's kind of he's kind of too much he's like everything he's leading from the ship and on the ground yeah. so they they really 
dropped the ball on this. Like, Conviction was almost, like, not quite Logan levels, but, like, it, that should have been his swan song, and it was Michael Ironside's last one, and they could have... And, you know, if they're going to recast him with a younger dude anyway, like, why have it be Sam? And, like, change his character so much, why have it be Sam? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I could see, like, some of the elements going on in here where you could have just had the playable character be Briggs. And yeah. then have, like, Sam show up during certain ops. Yeah, and the way actually, yes, just kind of switch the roles. Have Sam show up the way Briggs shows up in certain mobs. Yeah, or even less so. Like that could have been interesting. Like just make <laughs> this could have been the Briggs game, and Sam is like in a way backseat, or even like not even there. Because I don't know. I mean, Sam Fisher is pretty iconic, but I it's different for me than like. With Snake, mm-hmm. whereas I think he's—I don't know—it's hard to make that comparison too because it's two different. Even things. though everybody does. Yeah, but not even like in terms of the voice acting. I just—I think honestly, I feel like Michael Ironside is more tied to Sam Fisher than David Hayter was to Snake. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with, but I I think a lot of different people can play Snake. Just a testament to the fact that, you know, as soon as you bring up Metal Gear movie, like, you know, you already picture a ton of people are, you know. But uh, um, It's a little different in that um, Michael Ironside is like a screen actor, while David Hayter is specifically a voice actor. Yeah, but in a, if you make a Sam Fisher movie, you wouldn't make Michael Ironside Sam Fisher. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. So yeah, we can speculate about coulda, woulda. But I guess given what we have with Blacklist here, I I think what we're gonna get next is probably just more of the same. Mm. Mm. Oh, sucks. If we get it, sorry, if we get anything at all. Uh, I saw something where Yves Guimont said, like, they're working on it. I think at this point they're kind of shuffling around concept art and deciding who's going to work on it and what they want to do. So, I mean, they really did something interesting with Conviction, so. And Blacklist was really just a refinement gameplay wise. Um, but yeah, so. This is what I've been played a little bit of that last night. Um, still Tekken. Um, still kind of thoughts haven't really changed on that, other than the fact that they did patch a bug that was really annoying, uh, and it kind of prevented you from customizing your character's hairstyle. Um, like you couldn't make them pure black; you could only go like gray for some reason. It was like a weird glitch that they fixed, and then it caused another glitch, but they patched that. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, just uh, I've been fucking around with Arma 3 scenario editor a lot, trying to kind of get in the hang of just very basic shit, like placing guards down and having them go on patrol, you know, which sounds simple, but, you know, it's 
you try it once and you know they just run to across they just run straight there and you're like okay I don't need you to run and be alert I need you to just go on patrol and then come back and not stay there so there's all these little things that you gotta tell them like walk there don't be alert take this route and then start the route again and then all this other shit and then I'm trying to figure out other small shit like how to set up a vehicle patrol without it leaving all the people that need to be in the car behind. <laughs> um, but I, I have this idea for this scenario that I'm making. That's it's pretty cool. I think I'll be able to do it in some manner, but I'm kind of just learning the limitations of things. Um, but uh, it, it's really it's really fun. And like satisfying to, you know, make something in that area, yeah. and then kind of jump in and play it out for yourself, and then see what works and what doesn't work. It's it's pretty fun. So, how far do they do they go with it? Do they allow you to script stuff, or is it just kind of moving things around on a map? Yeah, it's you, you can do script editing. Oh, uh, neat! Awesome. So. Like you can set an object. The the most the farthest I've gone with that is um, setting it so that the campaign ends when somebody gets killed. So mm. you find a guy, kill him, and then you win. Um, I I want to make it so it's a little more um, like like just doing more complicated things. Like you know you go in like maybe you have to destroy something over here so you'd have a script for that or you go over here and you kill this guy I, like I wanted to check the objective but not end it so you have to extract and go back to where you came from um, so there's kind of a lot of that stuff you can do it's basically I think I think it's what they use to make their actual campaign for the game it's pretty robust but um, what we usually do in my uh, my, my clan when we play the game um, it's usually somebody will have made something and there's like a position that, that's called Zeus and that's somebody who, who usually the creator they can kind of pull out and watch everything and watch where you are where the enemies are moving and kind of see the objectives and everything it's kind of like a mini editor um, mm. and because the AI is you know, it's kind of a pain to get them to do a lot of stuff, and sometimes they're dumb, and sometimes, you know, rather than going in and doing all these scripts for a mission that we'll all probably pay, play like once, they will just kind of watch you do things and then just kind of actively. It's like DMing. Like, they'll be, okay, you finish this objective, now you need to go here. And they can also kind of act as like a, a command center where. They'll, where they can drop hints, you know, if things aren't going as smooth, they'll be like, forces are moving in from here, uh, you know, reinforcements are coming in here, blah, 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 you should probably go here. Uh, so, hmm. so that's kind of the workaround that we do in my group. Um, and I, I would like to be able to build something that I could play with them without having to take that, like, DM role. But it's that takes a lot of work. 
Yeah, well, I'm looking at their scripting language right now, and it seems pretty basic in what it can do, but it also seems pretty powerful because you can do like conditional statements, functions, if statements. It's pretty neat. They really went all out with it. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, okay, so the, the main game that I've been playing is Mighty Gunvolt Burst, which is kind of a game that, um, that's, it's a part of the Gunvolt series. Well, I wouldn't even say it's a part of that. I think it's kind of a, a sequel to Mighty Number no. 9, sort of, kind of. Um, it's by the same company, right? Yeah, it's made by I the same company. I want to say the original Gunvolt came out before. Yeah, and they also made kind of like a, a retro chibi whatever version of that, and they and that did so well that they kind of made a more fleshed out full version, which is the burst version, and it's got Mighty Number no. Nine in it, and it's got the, the character from Gunvolt, I forget his name, but um, the the company that made this game also was the one that was, that was responsible for making all the Mega Man Zero games, and they they're really really good at making Mega Man games. Uh, I kind of wish from here on out, Capcom would just kind of like to say, all right, guys, any Mega Man property at this point, you guys just handle it. We don't even, because they're not even really doing anything with the property at this point, and it's kind of making a lot of people very frustrated. And as we can see with the Kickstarter, how that was Mighty Number no. 9, um, what's his name? I'm completely blanking on his name. You remember his name? Yeah, Itofune, yeah, he's a business this guy at this point and yeah. he has shown very clearly that making sure the game was fun and the gameplay was exciting and all that stuff was not at the top of his priority list which is why so many people were angry how it went and uh so so that's why Mighty, i haven't played mighty number no. nine yet i do want to after playing this but after reading all the reviews and stuff people are saying that the the <coughs> Mighty Gunvolt Burst is kind of what Mighty Number no. Nine should have been, and it's it's really fun. It's it's very it's very strange in how it does things. It doesn't follow the formula completely to how the Mega Man games work, where you have a set of bosses that you fight, you kill a boss, and then once you've killed the boss, you get their power and keep going from there. They do follow that particular formula, but the way the weapons are set up and how you get powers is completely different. And everything you at the very beginning, you pretty much have access to to um well I wouldn't say you have access to everything. So basically how it works is that uh in in this game, Mighty Number no. Nine uh, he's like in a VR simulation. This is like after the events of what happened in the proper game, I guess the Mighty Number no. Nine game. And he's like, he's testing out all this new weaponry that he has and stuff. And what you do to get all the weapons is that you don't destroy a boss and then you get their power. What you do is you explore all the levels and you find parts and pieces and then you upgrade your current weapon uh, to, to unlock new abilities. And you have to like also get what's called CP points. And you use these points. Colored people to, points. <laughs> people points. Might as well be. I, I forgot what they're called. Uh, what that what that stands for. But but pretty much you have you just find parts throughout all the levels and all the secret parts, and then you slowly start undoing and making your weapons more and more powerful. And it can kind of almost break the game because if you can get enough points, you can just max out everything and just become like this ultimate incredibly destructive godlike creature and just 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 eliminate everything with just one fire of your cannon so that 
it's really different, but I'm not really sure if I like it or hate it or not. It's it's weird because it's it, it there's always this really nice feeling in the Mega Man games is that when you finally defeat the boss, you're like, yes, I did it. It was a long and hard battle, and now I have his power, and I can kind of move on from there. But this is just like the only thing you get from destroying a boss is you get more points to upgrade your weapons. That's the only thing you get from from defeating I the bosses. See. So it kind of makes destroying a boss not as exciting. But what I find really exciting about it is going back and exploring every single little part of every level. So I, to because I don't know what new piece of equipment I'm going to get that's going to allow me to upgrade to something even more powerful. That part I find really exciting. And I actually don't mind having to go back through the levels and kind of use the powers that I have. It's like, it's like Metroid, using the powers that you upgraded previously, and you're using those new powers to kind of like uh, unlock new areas inside of the levels, which finds new parts for you, and then you upgrade even more. So that's kind of how it's set up. So it's it's very different. Um, I'm not really sure I would want the Mega Man games to keep going down in that direction, but I do certainly like the how different it is and, and them kind of really mixing it up with the Mega Man, uh, how the Mega Man games are. So besides that, music's nice. It's got the very retro look to it. Um, the levels are incredibly short. The boss battles are very easy. Uh, but there is a hard mode I believe you can unlock after you've beaten the game. But yeah, so I'm enjoying it. Still haven't beat it yet. I'm kind of working my way through it. And either way, though, Capcom, just just let these guys handle the Mega Man games from here on out. I, I don't I don't know what happened after what Mega Man uh, eight I think is when they kind of really stopped doing it I think because the Mega Man nine Mega Man ten that wasn't I don't think that was made by them I think it was made by these guys so, so yeah I, I don't I'm, I forget their name let me see if I can find the name real quick it's called Gunvolt. Well, this particular game is called uh, Gunvolt. There's a whole series of games. This but this one's called Mighty Gunvolt Burst, but there is also a whole other set of games called Mighty, not Mighty, it's called like Gunvolt Striker something. Elemental something. Striker or oh, something or other. It's for a couple of years that actually yeah. gave me a sequel to it. So who made it? Uh, I'm trying to get the name right now. But it's not uh, a Nitty- company. No, no, it's not. Um, Anitti creates and oh, excuse me, I N T I creates. Huh. But it has. Yeah, they've been making a lot. Of, yeah, so I guess, I guess it's kind of like a crossover or something. I'm not really sure the relationship between those characters, but character uh, companies or whatever. But I, I don't. I think Inafune is just like just do whatever you want with the property. I don't care. That's the kind of impression I keep getting because yeah. it's just. He just doesn't... I don't know what he's doing anymore. Well, I feel like I've read some stuff about Inafune and people were saying this all might have just been like random hate for Mighty Number no. 9, but I feel like people in like explaining what happened were saying that Inafune was actually like... He's kind of praised as like the creator and the big dude, but he's like... He wasn't the person who was actually like the biggest creative force and like director of all the Mega Man stuff. Like it was other people. Yeah, I I think in the beginning I could be wrong about this, but I think in the beginning he he, he designed the character and all the art for it and stuff like that. But I don't 
I don't think outside of that, he really, when it came to designing of the gameplay and all that stuff and the actual games themselves, I don't think he really, it was all him. It was probably a much bigger team they don't really seem to talk about. Yeah, I think that was it. It was like he had his part of it, but he wasn't like the main part, but he kind of takes credit for it. It's the face. What you're saying, it'd be kind of like if like we all knew like Yoji Shinkawa as like the face of Metal Gear. Mm. Yeah, this is... Yeah, um... Either way, though, the the comp... uh, The... And he create creates they make amazing amazing Mega Man games they also made um uh, the remake of blaster master zero on the 3ds which is it was just really 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 good so these guys are like experts at making the side-scrolling classic action game they're just they hit it spot on every single time so i and capcom's not even doing anything with the Mega Man property anymore uh, they canceled the last two games that were supposed to come out, Mega Man World and Mega Man Legends 3, I think it was. That was supposed to come out a long time ago. I just suddenly stopped making it. So, yeah, there's no love for that character anymore. He's slowly dying. Poor guy. Yeah, I feel kind of like... Not sad, but just like I'm kind of realizing I all those characters from like our childhood... There was never mm-hmm. one that really stuck with me as like, oh, I love that character. You know what I mean? As far as like yeah. 16 or mm-hmm. 3, or like 16 and 8 bit shit, like, like Mario's fine, Mega Man was fine, like Sonic was fine. Like, I have fond memories of playing those games, but mm. like, it's not like shit that I'm like, I'm not, like, all about it, you know? I'm not like, oh, I wish they would make, like, a Mega Man game like they used to, you know? Um, I guess I'm a bit different than, because uh, I do like Sonic. I've been wanting them to get it right for a long time. Similar feelings with Mega Man and, of course, Castlevania. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I guess my my point is, like, is, like, I don't care if a new game comes out with those characters that's good like it'd be cool for other people but not even that I don't care I just wouldn't play it you know I think that's the problem that they were encountering at least what Capcom was probably seeing is that when Mega Man 9 and 10 came back it probably just didn't sell as well as they thought they would they were probably betting a lot on the name of Mega Man like yeah this is something that everyone's been wanting since the Nintendo days and you know the SNES days and you know, Mega, all the Mega Man X games, everyone loved those so much. I think they kind of, <laughs> they're like, yeah. when they finally saw those numbers, like, yeah, maybe people don't care as much as for this character as we thought. Yeah, it's, cause I mean, I do have that with like comic book characters. Like, I'm really excited for Spider Man, and I always want them to make great Spider Man and great Batman games, but, and that shit was around back then, but there's no, nothing that was really born out of gaming. Um, mm. except for like maybe Metal Gear. It's a different era, but I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't have the same like attachments to any 2D characters that a lot of gamers have. Mm. Well, which uh, Lionel, with you, do you like 
the X characters more, or do you like the actual classic Mega Man characters more? I like I like both. I can't say um, I like one more than the other because it makes it seem like the two have to compete. Because mm-hmm. um, the tones are very very different. Uh, like the original Mega Man, it's a lot more bright. It's happy. It's uh, comical at times. Whereas uh, X Go skews a bit darker, but is probably uh, more in the element of uh, melodrama, especially right. when you look at Zero, which is oh, like legit Lord. dark. Yeah, that is like which is bleak. Yeah, yeah. It's like emo. <laughs> and then like, and then you get to like the ZX series, and it's like people playing Mega Man. And it's like a weird combination of all the other tones. And it's the thing I always liked about the Mega Man games is that when they would spin off on the something else, it would be distinct and different from the other. But also still always try and connect back to the originals. Well, yeah, it was similar to like the way people freak out over the Castlevania timeline that there would always be some sort of connection between the two different worlds. There'd be some point where the two intersected mm. with uh, usually uh, certain elements in X being like the nexus for, you know, the split. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, it's kind of funny though, that um, like when I talk to my, my little brother or sister, or even just like my, my friends, like her daughter, and she's like in middle school ish or something. And I was asking them, who do you guys relate more to or you notice or like more? Do you like more? Do you have any Disney characters or like Mickey Mouse or something that you like more? Or do you like Mario or any type of other video game character? And they always say Mario or Zelda or Link, mm-hmm. you know, or stuff like that. It's because <laughs> I guess just gaming characters have kind of gotten. Well, the the nature of games, they just have like a longer shelf life than films, I guess. The films do now. Like, you can only make so many films about something. You can make God knows how many games about. I mean, just just think about like like some of the ongoing series is how long they've gone on. The only only comparable movie character I can think of is maybe James Bond. Yeah, I mean. There's more of that stuff if you look, like, you know, say, like, um, like Jack Ryan and shit like that. I think um, movies that have that tend to have come from TV or interacted with TV in some way, like, you look at Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But I think TV's more of the, like, because I... I've, I listen to like movie fights a lot, and one of the things that's been brought up is, um, you know, the summer blockbuster didn't really happen. It wasn't really a thing until Jaws, um, and then you know, a lot of sequels and stuff wasn't really a big thing until Jaws two. Um, so mm. going past the seven, like before the seventies, you're not going to really see the the long lasting franchises and shit, other than Bond. Um, but yeah, I, I think TV is really, it, it's interesting because the shit you're talking about, like Mickey Mouse and stuff, I feel like all that stuff, like, it came out and we get original Disney movies still, so that kind of maintains the brand, but as far as like those classic characters like Mickey Mouse, I feel like they all kind of still live in like TV. 
Yeah, kind of like the weird phenomena with the Flintstones where, like, kids now don't know it's a cartoon, but they know it from cereal boxes and vitamins. Yeah, mm. so all that stuff kind of, they just sort of became brands, and, you know, the, I'm sure the Flintstones sh- show up somewhere, like, I'm sure Hanna-Barbera is still making stuff. Um, yeah. But it, it's... It's also kind of weird for me to say because I don't really watch like Disney Channel or anything like that, but I, I know they still bank on a lot of those characters. Mm-hmm. It's not just that they have channels like Boomerang where they show all those classic shows, so at least they're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. They're still people are still able to watch and see them. Magilla Gorilla. All that great ape. Great ape. All those characters that were on Harvey Birdman. Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> Number one <laughs> super guy. Two stupid dogs, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the only game I've been playing. I've been working my way through all that. So, good stuff. Alright, let's jump on to the stories. Uh, oh, I don't have it open. Uh, okay, there we go. Alright, so, oh, we're gonna revisit Pokemon Go, uh, the Go Festival Fest thing. There's some good stuff that happened with that. Pokemon yes. Go home. <laughs> Alright, so reported by Ars Technica, Pokemon Go Fest blunders result in a clash action lawsuit. Oh, good times. Yes, people oh are so pissed, they are <laughs> Someone's gonna get sued. Yeah, uh, so, let me see here. It was, so the, the biggest complaint was, I guess that they were, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, there's a word for it. Mismarketing, marketing, not saying exactly what, what the, was supposed to do. They didn't deliver mm-hmm. on their promise. There we go. Just, let's go with that. Yeah. And they, cause they were saying that some of the, some of the attendees were actually coming from places like California to go and going all the way to Chicago and they were paying it. And because the actual app, it wasn't advertised. I mean, it didn't <clears throat> play as advertised. And things were really broken, not working. That now they're just gonna sue them because it's just it's just not working like they said it would. Uh, false Uh-oh. advertising. That's what I was looking for. False advertising. Yeah. Yes, and they, I, I, man, I, I just would love to be in the room with Niantic and just seeing like, are they doing face palms here? Like, what's the feeling? feeling in that room there it's just like we really screw up this badly i mean they had to in the next article that we had too it's kind of like they they, um, they pretty much canceled all the european big events that they were planning on doing and they also made a statement saying that we will not be reimbursing anyone who tried doing travel <laughs> or set up set up to, to go there to you know from, from one country to another so yeah they they screwed the pretty, pretty hard. They're like, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> uh, well, they probably do. I mean, they've made a billion dollars. Well, they, they probably do, but where's the company after they pay everyone? <laughs> it's it's dead. Yeah. Well. Oh man, so they, they messed up they're, really they're badly. Not going to. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to do anything. Yep. They're not. Well, I think at the event they like gave out. Uh, a hundred something of in-game money and gave you one of the legendaries for free. Yeah. Yeah. Boogie. So still just like they promised an experience that wasn't delivered. 
Well, yeah, it, I, um, it's a, it just seems like a, they're kind of stuck in a situation where like whatever they do, they've got to be able to do for just about everybody who attended. And that like limits what they can do significantly. Yeah. They should have been prepared for this, though. I mean, they've had a year. I, I know from the very beginning, they've had lots of issues, and it's not like they just <laughs> have to deal with a couple of people. I know people are playing this game like all over the entire world, but do they just have like but one server spread, or something? It's or? spread all over the entire world. It was in that case, it was concentrated into like a single area, and right. I think that's where the problem ha- happened. But. I mean, just thinking from a developer standpoint, what I would have done, I mean, I can't, I mean, if for an event like that, I would have set up servers that are just for that event so that anyone who attends that, like it would offload all of, you know, it wouldn't be, God, it's just, it feels like they could have handled this so much better. And it just, I, and they know they've had problems in the past. So what did they think was going to happen? And now because of that, people are suing them. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta wonder. Mm. Amateur hour over there. Yeah. So, does that mean that with any mobile game, people could, well, I guess so. If it just doesn't work as intended, why not, why not sue them? I love America. It was, well, it's no. tied to a specific event. So yeah. there's, uh, extenuating circumstances, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. It was. It's not so much that the thing didn't work; it's that it didn't work at a specific point where it was promised to work. That's true, and people were paying money yeah. and traveling, all that stuff. So, so they're mm-hmm. not going to refund the sales of the tickets, even. They didn't say they were going to do that. They, they just okay. That. That's a mistake. Yeah, that they yeah. need to do. Um, no, I didn't read down here that, and they didn't go into like a lot of detail into what was going to happen because oh yeah at the very bottom says Niantic declined the comment so yeah they're not they're not going to say anything we'll we'll see what happens I think one of the things I noticed that was a big problem was um, the tickets were only $20 but they quickly were being like resold for a lot more money on the web Uh, so hawkers I see kind of yeah yeah. so you know it's funny that like it's terrible that this happened to those people but when you, if this had gone well, we would be talking about how weird all these people that traveled to go see a Pokemon Go fest were. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. It's well, hopefully that they've learned their lesson from this, and in the the upcoming events that they do, they'll actually be prepared this time, or or at least have people sign something. Before, before they go in saying, if does not work intended, you cannot sue us yeah. or something like that. They need to get their release form game up. Yeah. Yes. And the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, just don't go out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the next story here. Uh, Alt Space VR, oh, by GameIndustry.biz, Alt Space VR to close after lack of investor interest so altspace vr was basically a company that i i wouldn't say created the first like social like vr social network i guess you could call it that but essentially the company was making it so that 
you in VR, you could socialize with your friends, you could play games, there was a chat room, there were all these different things. It was basically like Facebook, but in virtual reality. That's kind hmm. of what it was. And But the problem was, this company was living off of investor money. They weren't actually making any <laughs> money yet. Did they um, charge re- the users anything? Uh, I don't, I don't know if they did or not. That's a good, that's a good question. But I do know that <laughs> even if they were charging them, the amount of money they were making just wasn't enough. Uh, they said that the most people they've ever had at one period of time is thirty-five thousand people on at one time, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for VR, considering it's still kind of new, that is a lot to have on at the same time in VR. So, I mean, it's, that was a huge accomplishment, but if the only way your company was living was off of investor cash, that's kind of a problem. I'm just imagining these, like, expense reports. Somebody's, like, in financial going over it. It's, like, Tuesday. Peanut butter jelly sandwich and loaf of bread. <laughs> um, Wednesday, here. cable bill. Thursday, new chair. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't something new. A lot of startups do this. Uh, I mean, a truckload of startups do this kind of thing where they'll just survive solely off of investor cash. And when they run out, they'll just raise another round. I mean, some companies, like they'll have a seed round, a round. B round, C round, D round, even an E round. And that, that's usually how that works. And, you know, in the hopes that in the long run, they'll mm. start eventually making money. Only, I don't, I, I want to say only rich people, but maybe I should just say like only big business. Cause it's like in any other facet of life, you play around with someone's money like that, you get shot. Well, I mean, in the in, in the valley, that's that kind of that's just how it is. Like you have tons and tons of uh, angel investors, and or you'll have VCs that just pump you full of lots of cash, and that's how all these companies survive. I mean, most like ninety percent of these companies go out of business the following year, and that's just how how it is. Um, but the I guess the the really sad part about this is that I mean, it sucks that people are losing their jobs. I don't know how many people are going to be laid off, but it's just we're starting to see more VR companies starting to go under because they're all, they've all been surviving off of investor cash just because the adoption people are starting to see now is just, it's not as high as they thought it would be. So we know we're near like that one guy. We had an article a while ago where that one dude was like, Gushy shell. Shell. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not going to do these insane numbers that people think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mike, I remember you saying your your friend, like he is super into it, and like you said, he was playing lots of really fun games with it. I mean, that's the thing that's really annoying about it is that VR is actually legit. I mean, it's cool. I've tried it; it's fun. And there are some games out there that are really compelling. Just the only problem is, as we've talked many times before, it's just the barrier of entry is just too damn high. It's just it needs yeah. to be much like the rent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like. Like, like it's a good product and it'll probably proliferate at some point. It's like color TV. Like, I'm yeah. sure everybody who had black and white TVs were just like, I heard color's good, but like, I'm not paying an extra like fucking two or three hundred dollars for that. Like, fuck that. Right. <laughs> it's 
true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Same with uh, same with uh, when the DVDs come out and you're looking like looking at your VHS collection. Like the fuck do I need that disc for? Yeah, I think it was a little bit. DVDs were. Well, I guess to that point, we need something like a PS2, you know? Mm-hmm. Something to put a DVD player in everybody's home. Because we... That's how it took off in Japan. Yeah, well, that's kind of what happened here. Um, I remember specifically, like, reading an interview, like, in, in skateboarding a long time. Because VHSs were the norm in skate videos for a while. And then people mm-hmm. were just like, it's cheaper to make these on DVD, and a lot of kids have PS2s now, so yeah. it really helped a lot. Um, it also, I can't remember if it was the other way around or, or what, but porn played a big part, too. In the, uh, the DVD the thing. DVD, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't they also factor into Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. It's basically, it comes down to... Uh, um, two things latching onto your uh, your medium: Warner Brothers and pornography. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blu-rays, Blu-rays, kind of fascinating because it. I feel like it just kind of squeaked in, like right before like physical media was ready to just completely kind of disappear. Mm. Blu-rays, kind of like that. Uh, I feel like now it, it's like, um, kind of like, uh, kind of like, like, uh, like, N64 with the cartridges. But that's kind of like, uh, specialty magazines right now. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, most people are gonna read their news on a web, but some people like the feel of having it in their hands, and they like, mm-hmm. kind of the deep dives, and like photography or whatever they wanna do with that. Like, Blu-ray, like, it's easier to get, a movie on digital, but if you're a cinephile and you want like commentaries and extra features, and you absolutely want the highest quality picture, then mm-hmm. you'll get a Blu-ray. But it's hard to say where VR stands at this point. I have, I mean, I'm I'm kind of really down on VR a lot. I I'm kind of I maybe I shouldn't be so hard on it, I, but I I'd say you're up and down on it because before yeah. you were down on it, you were the most up of us. It's I, what I think is going to happen is I think eventually it's going to be something that people are going to be more easily able to play. It won't be huge. I do not believe it will be like really, really, really huge um, because I was listening to one of um, Game Scoop, an IGN podcast, and when they would they do like viewer, yeah, viewer listener mail at the end, and one of the the people like the letters they were reading was asking how come you guys don't review more vr games and uh like one of the one of the the people on um, <laughs> one people was saying like we don't review more vr games simply because they don't get as much traffic as all the other news that we do with the ps4 and you know the switch and and so on i said we do try and play them as much as we can but even for us uh it's kind of hard to get a hold of a headset and a lot of us actually don't want are kind of like hesitant to want to review a VR game because it requires a lot of setup, requires a lot of our time, it requires a lot of effort to actually do the review and, and do all that stuff. So, and they just were, and it's like, there's just not enough traffic. They did say, which I thought was interesting, there's a lot of traffic. They do get 
a decent amount of traffic for a VR game when it's connected to an existing brand, like the Batman game or when, or when um, Square Enix did it for Final Fantasy 15 or, you know, Resident Evil or any of that kind of stuff. They said that's the only time they've seen the VR traffic actually pick up in any kind of way. I mean, so even they felt like right now it's just not there, but they do feel like eventually it will get to the point, but it's really feeling like there's going to be a long period of time where we're going to be seeing a lot of VR companies kind of going out of business and it's going to be a huge shift of some sort, I think. And it's something it's going to, it's going to take a while. It's not going to be an easy road, I don't think, but it'll, it'll, it'll get easier, but it's yeah. going to be a while. I wonder how much of that is, um, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Um, you know, people don't cover it, so people don't want it and they don't know what's out there. Cause like, right. I, like I only know that it's awesome because my friend says it is. And uh, you know, he's told me about all these awesome games, but I haven't even, like, I didn't even know some of them existed. I had to look them all up. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Like, there's legit good content there, but it's almost impossible to find it because nobody talks about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, yeah, so eventually I think it will get there. And Facebook is working on making the Oculus cheaper. Uh, I think other companies are trying to, like, kickstart cheaper VR headsets and stuff. So, Maybe in the next three or four years, we'll be able to afford it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the next story here. By by GameSpot, here's how much Overwatch League players can make per year. So esports, as we all know, is huge. It's getting like bigger and bigger and bigger. And Blizzard, they're making just insane amounts of money with Overwatch. So they create the, I guess, the first Overwatch League, and which they're actually scouting for players to join the teams uh, so they can well, hire they're, them. They're trying to treat this like a, like more like a sports league than yeah. Yeah. And it's any other man. instance of esports that I've seen and fuck that's fucking minimum salary. 50 K. God, but, but they also get health insurance, retirement plans, housing for this season. And they also get a bonus after like what the oh, fuck? <laughs> Are we gonna start a, a Overwatch clan now? I think, I think we might have to. <laughs> oh Look man! So we could we could sign the three of us could sign on as a single player and be set. <laughs> So um, I was really curious to know how they find these people. So I was like digging a little bit deeper. And apparently there was like a there's a survey that any player like Overwatch player can kind of fill out. And they ask you a bunch of questions like, you know, why do you like the game? Why should you be a part of the team? But they also look at your Overwatch stats. So they want they want to see that you are or, you know, you playing this all the time that you're really good at the game, that kind of thing. So that's how they're basically finding these players to join these teams. And it's yeah. probably not the same. With, like, every other person, or, you know, damn near everyone having their own stream at one point or another, it's probably not too hard. Well, there's, let me see, there's 12 players. Uh, what many teams? 10, 6 between, oh, yes, yeah, oh, 6 and between 12. Between six and twelve players, I said, "Yeah, it's not. Oh man, you got to be really good then. I mean, because it's not a lot of people that they're picking from. Uh, but still, though, health care, retirement plan, 
God damn it. They they had me at 50k, and honestly, <laughs> they could probably have me at 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. They're, take, they're, they're taking care of them be, housing I, mm. I just feel like imagine if that was for everything oh. you know like like every game like me and Mike could just like for Tekken like hibernate on some Tekken for yeah. six months and come out <laughs> and be like ah! like like yeah. fucking Rocky after yeah, that yeah exactly after that after that uh, fourth movie montage that was actually two montages yeah I was about to say like make do this shit like Creed just train yeah <laughs> we gotta go out into the Siberian wilderness with nothing but like PSPs uh yeah with, you know, <laughs> with nothing but like a a PS or the PS4 and limited internet <laughs> yeah <laughs> And like a stove. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what game would I be able to like actually my skill level is probably best at and it's probably like skate three or something on realistic mode. Mm. <laughs> there you it's, go. Like, not that I I don't think I'm like really good enough at anything to be pro. I think I think you could get there. The thing you gotta keep in mind is that the pro level players play the game like a job like yeah. i think eight hours is the minimum yeah you do anything eight hours straight for an extended period of time you're bound to be good at it you're bound to get good at it i should say whatever you're doing hurts yeah i don't know if oh, i play man. that much tekken my hands will start hurting a lot of tekken um i think i could probably do Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers? I think if I really you could focus, Smash Joe. Yeah, if I focus, but my but my game, I love Mario Kart Death. I could play that for just days and days and days straight. I, I love that game because if you just if you can perfect the drifting, you are unstoppable. But uh, mm-hmm. my God, I would love to do that. Well, to get- you're unstoppable till you hit that blue show. Well, there's ways you can get around it. Like the technique that I use when you see a blue shell coming is that what you do <clears throat> is that you never want to stay too far ahead. If so, if you see a blue shell coming, what you do is you ease up on the gas and you let people pass you. So <laughs> and it hits them and you speed up and you pass them. That's so it works. Fuck. But I yeah. like it. Yeah, it, wor- it works really well. It's a good technique. Um, uh, but you got to time it just right or else people will pass you and you'll still get hit by the blue shell. But, but anyway, so I don't know, $50,000, just the housing insurance. Oh God. It's, it's nice. Uh, the total bonuses in season one will amount to 3.5 million and at least mm-hmm. 1 million of it will be awarded to season one champion team. Oh, a oh, million dollars awarded. You guys, the you team. just got to win one season. It's <laughs> just gotta win one season. It's not hard. Fifty oh. k each plus one million. Mm. Come on. Yeah. We just gotta disappear for like a year. <laughs> that won't be difficult. Oh man. Well, that's still pretty cool. I love the fact that gaming has gotten to this point. I mean, it's being shown on TV. It's it's streamed and watched on Twitch all the time. It's everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, see it's, it on TV. It's on the, I watched it on the, on the Disney, on the Disney channel and it was on ESPN. I watched the StarCraft match on there. (laughs) (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, really. I remember thinking it was surreal 
watching people play Tekken 4 on GT TV. <laughs> and someone like trying to commentate on it. It was Kevin Pereira, so it wasn't that impressive. Like, no. Actual, when you watch Evo matches, they're commentated quite a bit better. But yeah. Uh, yeah, get get yipes on the microphone. He's pretty good. Yeah, I wish I could watch more uh, Tekken matches. Mm-hmm. And what's what's like also too the um uh, shoot so the, there's the different leagues and and stuff and I guess the the New England Patriots owner he actually owns the Overwatch league in in the Boston area so actual. Real sports team owners are jumping into this stuff as well, so it's trying to get that money. Yeah, no, it's becoming a big, big deal. Who is that? Uh, who the that guy? New England, New England Patriots. Yeah. Which one get his name? Who's the owner? I wonder if he's an old guy who like is buying in for the money, or if like it's a young guy Wait. or something. His name is Robert Kraft, and they made it. <laughs> they made sure to say that he's a billionaire. So, let's, how old is Robert? How old are you, Robbie? He's he's apparently dead, so I'm not. Maybe I'm looking up the wrong guy. He's seventy-six. He's seventy-six years old. Oh, okay, I see him now. on in dim years. His uh, his worth is five point two billion dollars. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, this guy's. I've got some. He's wiping his butt with hundred dollar bills. That's how rich he yeah, is. He don't. He, he don't care. He's also dating a. She was born in nineteen eighty. I can't do the math. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, She's got six years on me. Thirty-seven years old. Oh. Well, when you're seventy-six, I think you can pretty much do anything you want with that kind of cash. Yeah. So. Why does mm. he own? Is it League Overwatch? Uh, he owns the Overwatch League in the Boston area, so I guess there's different leagues. Yeah, in different it's, areas. it's just money for him, I guess. Yeah, so he sees the potential of esports, and he's diving in. <sighs> Maybe that's where the real money is. We just got to start investing <laughs> in esports companies. There you go. That way we don't have to play. We just got to get money and invest it. <laughs> that's all we got to do. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next story by DualShockers.com. Capcom plans to expand console business. This sales focus mostly on Sony and Nintendo platforms. So this article is pretty much just breaking down all their financials and where they're making their most money. And apparently it's all through Street Fighter and Monster Hunter. That's where they're really making the monies. Mm-hmm. They're not really, and Resident, they made, they made uh, Resident Evil, Marvel vs. Capcom, and Ultra Street Fighter 2 did very well for them. Uh, so it's, I, what else, hmm. if that's all they're focusing on, should we be worried that Capcom is, well, not going away, but like slowing down or something? Because I, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe I'm kind of overdoing it here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we gotta worry about them. I think what we gotta worry about is more like if we're gonna see some games that we love. Like you guys were just talking about Mega Man, um, right? If they're saying Resident yeah. Evil isn't making them money, then mm. yeah, maybe we might see less of those. Though, I mean, it's probably uh, wishful thinking. 
but my hope is that the uh, Clover scenario plays out again. Mm, I don't. Well, I think that is wishful thinking. I sadly, I don't. I mean, don't not not Clover specifically coming back, but just like they make another uh, studio for like the artsy niche, really out there, different stuff. Well, it sounds like what they're planning on doing is they're really going to continue working on with business partnerships and booking licensing revenue. So if they're if they're planning to do more partnerships, I would absolutely love them to partner more with Square Enix or Nintendo to kind of make crossovers or just they produce the games or whatever, any of that kind of stuff, because they really shine when they do that. Those games have always been incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well they've sold. But, Clover uh, Joe Okami. Yeah. Okami, mm-hmm. Beautiful Joe, God Hand. Wow. Yeah. Those are like beloved titles. That I yeah. Relate. They're but amazing. Did they, but did they make a lot of money, though? Or were they just kind of have like a following type thing? Or um, They made an okay amount because uh, Beautiful Joe got a sequel and some spinoffs. Uh, God Hand and Okami not as much. I think Okami did get ported at one point. You know what they should do, or maybe not, depending, is just keep track of the stats on which like Marvel vs. Capcom characters are getting the most play that aren't Street Fighter characters. Uh-huh. Just make games off of those. Just give people what they want. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a, I didn't even think about that. That's a great way to to know who likes what. Yeah. Uh, let me see it. Especially since the Marvel versus Capcom, I mean, just these crossover games in general are usually used as uh, barometers for specific characters. Yeah. So, Resident Evil, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter. What else have they even really been? releasing or talking about I, I can't even really think of anything else mm, not much that I can think of off the top of my head outside of uh, there was a glut of Resident Evil stuff for a minute yeah they just put out well there's all those weird like sideboards that are on Steam and shit but they're, they're probably riding high off of trying to get people to buy all that shit cause 7 came yeah. out mm-hmm. yeah I mean mm. You have to admit, I mean, apart from, you know, more fighting games, I would imagine they're working on another Resident Evil already, probably. Probably. Uh, and, you know, more Monster Hunter, because that thing's big in Japan. Yep. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They, it's another one of those things that, you know, these companies that have been around forever, it's, it's a different situation than Capcom, but they... They they used to kind of own the town, you know. They used to have yeah. All these, and there is, you know, you put out a Mega Man, and there's not really that much competition. But you know, they kind of mm. defined what a game like that should be. So now there's, you know, we were just talking about Gunvolt and all this other shit. So there's competition now, that's really good. So I, I th- maybe they're having trouble figuring out how to really compete with some of the stuff that. Doing stuff that they pioneered even better, you know? Yeah, because as uh, big a deal as uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is, uh, Scuttlebutt around the fighting game community is uh, 
the DBZ fighter blew its shit completely out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, you know, Marvel's Capcom 2 were huge down the day, or back in the day, because, you know, they had these crazy big rosters, but now we have, like, Injustice over here, you know, Tekken over here, this over there, whatever the fuck. It's, yeah. It's not the same. They can't make their... They have to be a little more, more cautious about what they put out. But it's kind of sad. So, do you guys think they should just release new IPs or dig further back into all their classics? Um, well, I think I'm actually, I don't have as much of a problem as what they're doing here, just so long as what they do with the potential surplus. Like, they make huge ass money with these uh, things here kind of like what I was mentioning before with the whole Clover strategy. Right. If they come back and do either, whether it be bring back some old stuff or come up with some new IPs, um, I'd kind of like a combination of the two personally. Hmm. But just so long as they do something, because uh, making a whole lot of money and not doing anything with it uh, would put them in Konami territory. Yeah. Konami. <laughs> yeah, they don't sell out punk bitch motherfuckers yeah they don't even care about the game part of their company I'm, I'm coming for that ass Konami yeah they, they, they don't give two shits I will anymore. wrestle Castlevania free from your cold dead grip <laughs> and then I'll cut the other hand off so Mike can have NGS well yeah. I, I will say um, as far as Konami goes it's nice that they're willing to to play nice with like other people, like mm. it's it's kind of nice that they don't care as long as they get their cut, because they'll let other people do shit. Like I remember, I talked about it before, but when David Hayter did the uh, like Ford commercial or whatever it was, oh yeah, it was like MGS is just truly bizarre. Um, I messaged him, or maybe he messaged me. You, I think you made an angry comment about the sort of selling out of the Konami characters, and then he made a joke. Yeah. And, no, he, like, you actually talked seriously with him about it or something. Yeah, he messaged me directly after that, like, responding <laughs> to it. And we talked about it, and he was like, yeah, honestly, I was surprised that Konami said yes. Because um, Ford talked to him, and he was like, if Konami says it's fine, then I'll do it. And Konami was like, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously they said yes to uh, the Eddie Shankar Castlevania things. And, yeah, that's true. And they're, I'm sure they're seeing a back end from that. And obviously the MGS movie is still going through. Um, it has a director now, um, mm-hmm. which is another topic. But, like, and I'm sure that was a contract that was, you know, Sony has the rights to that, so they can't really do much. But I'm sh- sure they're going to be happy catching the paycheck. So, that's kind of, mm. it's a double-edged sword, but... Wow, as long as I get paid. Yeah, Dang. I mean, that's nice, and maybe I can eventually get the uh, Castlevania stories I wanted in animated form. I still wish I could play it. Yeah. See, that part, that's the part, they don't seem like they're very interested in making games anymore well pachinko games well (laughs) yeah they love that yeah well those kind of games and i mean like 
it sucks doubly for me because I'd actually play the pachinko games, but they don't want to release those out here. Yeah, because like, no one likes pachinko you, out here. You, you, you can't make a Castlevania slot machine, Konami? <laughs> I'm sure they do have them, just not in America. There's, there's like fucking Wheel of Fortune machines up the wazoo. I'm pretty sure I saw an Indiana Jones machine last time I was in Vegas. Yeah, Hook it up, Konami. Yeah, there's a lot Pachinko of Pachinko is just not popular out here. Well, no, I mean, like, they have slot machines. They could make they could make a literal slot machine variant. Yeah. It wouldn't be that difficult. They, prob- Give me something. They're probably just... I'd imagine with that, it's probably like they... You know, slot machines are popular out here, but there's probably not that much crossover with, like, people who play slots and, like... Jinko. Silent, Silent Hill fans. Oh, that. In America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. That, that just makes me hate Konami more. Not enough for them to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's. Where's the next one? Oh yeah, Stardew Valley. Uh, so by the simple so life. So, so by Eurogamer.net, Stardew Valley multiplayer plan includes option to marry your friends. Now. That is really cool, but then when I started reading more into this, this got a little strange. So you can have a maximum of four players on this uh, planned multiplayer, and there, how it works is that there's the main person, and then the, the, the other three people are farmhands that have a cottage on the main person's farm. Now, you can marry one of those people. Now, this, this is the part that kind of throws me off. You marry that person... Does that person live in the main house, or do they still live in the cottage with the other two people? <laughs> so, I like, love you, does... honey. Now go back to your shack. <laughs> so um, now the there's also limitations on this too. Is that the farmhands, like the farmhands, the farmhands, they cannot uh, do the whole uh, next day because you when in harvest when you go to sleep, or excuse me, harvest when Stardew Valley, you go to sleep and you wake up the next day, and that's how time moves along. So it's pretty much. Everything revolves around that main person's farm. So they go to sleep, and that's how things continue on. And there's a few other limitations as well. But those farmhands can uh, get married to NPCs in the that in, in the in the town. So this is can get kind of um, interesting. Well, yeah, multiplayer in this game would be kind of tricky. Like yeah. that is the answer to one of the complex questions you don't initially think about. Um, really, you just gotta hope whoever is like the landowner isn't a trolling dick. Right. You, you, you don't want to be trying to make that connection with the NPC, and then they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to bed right now." Yeah, that would, <laughs> that's need. Oh boy, like like that could lead to some like messed up stuff though. Like, what if you and another player got your eyes on the same girl or guy? Yeah. Now, <laughs> okay, so. If you're farming, if the farmhands can only farm on that one person's farm, <laughs> so they're kind of, they can't ever leave it. They can't ever not. Okay, that's just. Well, no, I imagine, seems- I imagine you, I think you just, it's just where you live. Um, I imagine if you're going to marry, if they can marry NPCs, they'd have to be able to leave. Hmm. Yeah. This is, well, they said they're still planning out the details on how yeah. this is going to work. I mean, but, this um, is going to be pretty complex regardless of how they try it. I don't think this has been done before. No. Yeah, but I... 
I just still can't get the whole situation out of my head is that the person you married is still living, living with the other people and just be weird. Uh, no, I can't sleep in the main house. You get back in that cottage and you get start back farming. The cottage. And you start farming the next day. Oh man. It's a it's like, I love you, plant. honey, but mind your betters. Why didn't you water the plants? Now they're all dead and we're all going to die. What happened? Come on, do your part. Yeah, this can get complex and weird. You went to sleep before I could finish, you nutsack. <laughs> the cows are dead. The animal chickens are dying. What if just I? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess in that sense, anyone can troll because, like, what if like somebody gets mad and goes into the, like the chicken coop with the scythe? <laughs> Jesus, you're right. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so, or what like, if someone's you? You only want to play this with people you know and can conceivably hit. Or what if you get like a, a troll who just, you know, all the crops are, you know, like the corn and the tomatoes or whatever, and he just starts picking them, he or she starts picking them and just throwing them on the ground. So he eating them. It just starts eating them. Just starts eating the whole year's crop. Oh man. They're gonna need a combat engine. I would put a sickle to that man's head. You know, this well, might actually Massacre at Blueberry Farm. <laughs> it might actually get me to try this. This sounds interesting. Uh, like if I could play with you guys, like that would be fun. Because I'm not sure I've ever actually played a video game with Joe. That I have the game, and it works on on the Mac. And Lionel, I know you have it, Mike. I don't think you have it. Uh, have probably, it. yeah, it's probably super cheap. But when this this comes out, yes, I absolutely. Want to try this with all of us? Oh, uh, yeah, me, see. me, and Joe have like planned out this hypothetical, where like he'll work the animals, I'll work the crops. Your marriage? The crops. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yes, that. if that's how you need, if that's what you need it to be, Mike. Sure. <laughs> Just know that if you're playing, this is going to be a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> This is going to get interesting. Yeah, the stories that will be told. You will be the cream in our Oreo. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, though. I know people are going to be really, really excited about the coming out because they've been apparently been asking for it for quite a long time. No. bucks on Steam right now. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. For... Hours and hours and hours of entertainment. And peace. Yes. Okay. You can put on peace. <laughs> What's the next story here? On Kotaku, man stabbed seven times during Magic the Gathering game. I'll show you, lethal motherfucker. Now, before he stabs him, he hits him with a rubber mallet. That <laughs> I find a little odd. Where? Let me, Where? <laughs> let me just read this because it's short. 31-year-old Elijah Dale Creech, excuse me, Elegia Dale Creech, has been arrested by police in Minnesota following a fight over a game of Magic the Gathering in which his 20-year-old opponent was stabbed seven times in the face and neck. Good God! As the local Fox Out reports, a disagreement that began during the late-night game last Friday quickly escalated and led to Creech hitting the man in the face with a rubber mallet and stabbing him oh. seven times. The victim was rushed to the hospital with substantial injuries that are not thought to be life-threatening. Creech what? is now in custody facing charges of first and second degree assault. 
What did he stab him with? Must have been like a pen or something. That's what been. Hmm. I guess they didn't say. Where the fun. fuck did this rubber mallet come from? Yeah, that's a little odd. It's just so I throw a rubber mallet, then I shank you. <laughs> How does that is, work? Is yeah. um, <laughs> is Mr. Creech a carpenter? If you, if you <laughs> click the link, there's a picture of him. He's a young man. At least he looks. They say he's 31, but he has a baby face. Oh, that he go yo yo. He couldn't stab anyone. Uh, let me. But he did. Uh, that motherfucker looks crazy. He can stab <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> he looks like a goddamn lizard man. Looks like he is a beach bum. Yeah. Life. Oh man. So I just I wanna know I wish I could have been there. Well maybe I well not to see him get stabbed seven times, but just the conversation they were having, like, how did it build up, and where's the rubber the rubber mallet? How did that come yeah. into play? Yeah, I'm lost on the rubber mallet, and I can't help but want to make just because um, normally when, like, someone has the last hit, they'll say it's lethal. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how this guy is okay and not in, like, serious, serious care after being... That's why I think it had to be, like, a pan... Or something okay. small. Yeah, man, Magic the Gathering. I, well, people do get nuts with that game. I mean, they get really aggressive with that stuff. And so this is the it's a card game. This is the first time I heard of somebody getting shanked over it, though. I mean, that's kind of stuff happens all the time with the with Pokemon. I've wanted to uh, uh, punch a person or two, which is why I don't think I've played Magic in person since. <laughs> uh, I've never uh, been so angry to stab somebody. Yeah. No, people. The people only person stabbed. I ever hit is myself when I'm mad at games. <laughs> I tried that too. Never I, another. I scream terrible, awful obscenities sometimes, but then I like punching my leg. Yeah. Well, I think the 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 factor here is that there are p- these people sitting like right across from you, potentially talking shit. Yeah. Still though, I hope that person's okay and the other person gets some help because it's just a card game. Calm yeah, down. Buddy. Said the uh, the injuries are thought to be not are not thought to be life threatening. So hopefully he's all right. But he'll never be the same. This uh, Mr. Creech needs to be in jail. <laughs> Creech getting some help. Elijah. Elijah. Elijah Woods would be proud. It's just one, Joe. Nope. Yes. <laughs> Joe refuses. Oh, I, I accept. Um, okay, uh, we got two stories left, and Lionel's got, what, ten minutes? You think, Lionel? Uh, be about fifteen. Hey, I could go till twenty-five. should be fine. I want to briefly mention the GameStop one. Okay, well, oh, the Thanksgiving thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of grimy. We can end with that. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. That's very grimy. All right, so <clears throat> next one. My U.S. Gamer reality show based on League of Legends is coming soon to TV in Australia. I believe that's where it's happening first. And uh, so what? We live in a house full of uh, we live in a house with a wall team. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And they have to do stupid challenges 
to in order to what is it? It's forty players in they're calling next gamer house. Oh my god. So, so, I'm voting Bob off because he dropped the lead in our last game. <laughs> um so yeah, I wanted to talk about this one just because well it's another show based off gaming, which is I mean, is this the future or what? But that's what it sounded like. Um I wanted to talk about did you guys ever watch the tester? Uh, wasn't that on exclusively on the PlayStation or something? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched the first episode. It was it was something. I watched, <laughs> I watched the whole first season. How <laughs> <laughs> no, was it? It was fucking silly. Yeah. Uh, it's just sounding like that uh competitive uh it, it was like a competitive gamer reality show on sci-fi that was kind of like kind of like spanned multiple games but it sounds like the ba- the same premise and it was also silly as fuck yeah. Ugh. a lot of them very weird the people were very weird mm-hmm. um, and then there was that one that was that Justin Wong was on it was a sort of it wasn't a fighting game thing, but it was like a gaming in general thing. Yeah, that may have been the thing I was talking about, though I don't think I saw the season where Justin was on. Yeah, so, I don't know, the tester was <laughs> it was just so awkward that I just have so many fond memories of it. <laughs> People were so weird. Um, it's going to be weird to see more gamers on TV. This is kind of different than the Candy Crush shit. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of this. I mean, we're going to start seeing game shows. This, these reality shows, as we know, reality shows are always really popular. So, yeah. oh, man. Is there anything uh-huh. that you guys would like to see a show based around? Ooh. Because uh, I'm thinking about huh. it, and I think my answer is No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, think of anything especially like there's things I would like but there'd be there wouldn't be much of a point to them like I'd kind of like uh sort of like that thing Justin Wong was on except I want to pick all the games <laughs> I I would want um a show cuz I've done a lot of them I did a lot of game jams and they're incredibly Ooh. stressful. They're intense. Now that would be tight. I, yeah, I would absolutely. So the, uh, I've done a 48 hour game jam. And what's great about them is that they're really intense because you see this really interesting group dynamic with everyone and like who's the leader, you know, how, how are you going to, what things are you going to cut? You know, what assets are, who's going to make what assets? And, you know, you get to see a lot of really interesting creativity because you have such a limited amount of time. And it's kind of a competition at the end too where people kind of present what the games they've made and, you know, everyone kind of like grades them on it and stuff like that. And there's these events happen all the time. Like there's one game a month, there's Ludum Daria. There's, um, then there's the, shoot, there's the one game jam they do year every year. It's like the biggest, the biggest one. I I can't remember the name, but no, I would absolutely love that if they did a behind the scenes. Ludum Ludum. Daria. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. I was called Ludum Dare. It's probably that. Um, so Ludum Dare. Ludum Diarrhea. This game Ludum jams metal, I think are really interesting, and I think it would be cool to do that, like a show based around them. 
probably the 48 hour ones, the, basically the weekend jams. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. That, like I'd I'd be down with that. That sounds like a legit good premise. Yeah, me too. That's probably like the one that you know. It's like, why are you making Candy Crush fucking shit? Yeah. When you could be making this. Yeah, you know that could yeah. be great because then they could be like, and it's available now, so go play it on TV. Yeah, and what's really cool is they could do a follow up on it because a lot of uh, games made from game jams do end up become legit games on like Steam and stuff. So. Uh, because they become played so much and stuff like that. And um, the, f- <laughs> the thing I love about game jams too is that people act really weird um, around two and three a.m. Oh yeah, they get, they get super loopy. I remember I was at one game jam and it was around two or three a.m. and someone was like dancing on top of this table and just he was loopy as fuck because he had like five energy drinks and he was just rolling around the ground because he fell off the table. It was just crazy. It gets really, really fun. I mean, people are sleeping everywhere in weird positions, and you know, it, it's awesome. So seeing that kind of stuff, and then just seeing the final games after, that would make for some great TV. I think that would be cool. Yeah. So I'd like uh, that. I would definitely watch that. It's kind <laughs> of like... Um, uh, let's see. Sorry, I got distracted by something. Um, oh, there was a, there was a show um, that was about kind of uh, design agencies. I, it didn't last, but it was kind of interesting to watch. It was about different agencies who had to pitch uh, ideas to clients, you know, like ad campaigns and shit. Um, and it just kind of showed them go through their process and their pitch and their ideas and brainstorming and stuff, so... I would definitely watch something like that. That. Oh yeah, it's fun. Get to get an inside look at the process. I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I think we're actually on the last. Oh no, because the GameStop one. But that's the uh, last one here. We have on the list is by PC Gamer. How Star Citizen ship insurance works and how players will exploit it. So uh, I guess in Star Citizen, Mike, you'll probably know probably a bit more how the game works, but at least from reading this, it was saying that people can walk right into other people's ships and just kind of just take them, I guess. So this is, <laughs> they're actually setting it up so that you can buy actual insurance to make it so that if your ship explodes or something happens or whatever, you can actually, instead of waiting for it to respawn, you can use the, pay the deductible, the 10% deductible on the insurance you purchase, and it will respawn the ship faster. <laughs> so... Uh, virtual yeah. insurance fraud yeah. ain't that a bitch yeah. so it's it brings up a lot of interesting things so one of the things that they're introducing is locks so uh, you know keypads that you know could potentially be hacked by another player or mm. like you know hard the keypad locks that could just be blown off by another player so it's really really cool um or, you know, and if you have a keypad lock, maybe you could give that code to other people. Who can, yeah. Who can then go into yeah. your ship. Or you can set up as like a retinal scanner and you can let people in that way. So it's it's just the, the whole game is kind of filled with these interesting systems. But this was, I thought this was a really cool uh, way to handle just this little part. Um, and they're saying that, you know, they could 
it will be possible to commit actual insurance fraud within the game. You know? <laughs> buy, the, buy the insurance, have your buddy steal it, and then you you know pay the little bit and get your shit back, and they also get your ship. Um, but then there's also like. You know, if your ship gets stolen, it can be reported as stolen, and they won't be able to land in like certain ports, and like law Sis. enforcement will be on the lookout for the stolen yeah. ship. Put it's, a bounty out. You can be like a legit bounty hunter. Yeah, and there actually are like bounty hunters in the game. That you can you can do that. So <laughs> that's tight. Yeah. You can file a claim. Jesus, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that awesome. it's just really. Super fascinating. Like I'm, I'm, I haven't dived into the game yet. I don't know how, exactly what modules are out right now. I don't know if the persistent universe is totally up and working right now. But that's just like the level of detail and like the gameplay is insane. And I'm just, I'm still kind of standing out on what they're doing. Yeah, you have a VIN number two vehicle. <laughs> Identification number. This is fantastic. But no, I love that they're going this deep, deep into it. And I especially love they're giving you a choice, though, in the sense, like, they're not saying, like, the only way you'll ever be able to protect it is if you buy this insurance. They, like they say, you can just get the insurance to make things go a little bit faster, be a bit easier, or you can be without it. You'll still get back your shit, but it'll take a little bit longer. So I like when they give choices like that. That's, that's neat. But, um, this game is impressive. They're really making this kind of like an, the next EVE Online type thing, which is pretty neat. Uh, okay, let's dive into that GameStop one. What was it? Let me get out there. It's Kotaku. By Kotaku, GameStop will open on Thanksgiving this year to employees dismay. That's so mean. Why would you do that? That's Agreed. Families, they have... And I believe there was a comment here saying, too, that in the previous years... GameStop had said that we would not do that. We would, you know, was it, we often use the phrase protect the family. (laughs) Why are you doing this? Don't hurt people. Now when they're talking about the family, they're talking about their mafia overlords. Pretty much. Well, apparently the article goes on to say it's been a rough year for GameStop and their shit is taking. So they probably need to make those sales and shit. It's, It's pretty lame. Yeah, they, they need the money. Days be getting broke, especially with uh, the whole digital downloading stuff is becoming more and more a thing that everyone is doing. I don't think people are buying a lot of physical games that much anymore. Board games. I mean, I think they are. It's just with shit like that, you're going to see big spikes during the holidays. In right. Certain months, but it's, yeah, I think. You're probably right. More people probably are moving towards digital as, you know, things like Netflix come in and kind of make people more comfortable with paying for things that they get online. Yeah, very true. Uh, Okay, I think those were all the stories. All right. Final. Final thoughts? Yeah, before I go, um, final thoughts. Joe, I like your game jam idea <laughs> yeah um capcom don't disappoint us and uh yeah um competitive gamers in general just uh 
try and take it easy. Maybe um, you get really stressed out. Do some yoga. Go get a drink. <laughs> Find a quiet area to whack off. Just just release some of that stress without hurting people. <laughs> it's always nice to find it by a quiet place just to be alone with yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Um, I'm with you for final, my final thoughts for Capcom. Uh, don't disappoint us. I want more Mega Man. I want more. I want you to join forces with other companies again. I mean, the Zelda games, when you did the Oracle of Seasons and the Oracle of Ages were fantastic. Just do it. If that's what's going to start making you money, please, by all means, Joe wants Joe Likey. Mm. Uh, Mike, how about you? Anything? Uh, final thoughts. Niantic, just pay those people. 20 <laughs> bucks a pop. At least you could do that. So at least you could do that. Um, we'll see how VR turns out. Um, I just want Star Citizen. I just want the whole thing. From the future, and I want to be able to play it now. Yeah. Cool, cool. Alright, you can find out more information about the show on NEGP Returns on Twitter. And Lionel, if you're still there, how about your show? Oh, uh, Old Taku Connection, uh, Old Taku Connect, or at Old Taku Connect, uh, Nice and Magic next week. Sweet. So that, that good weeb shit. Yeah. Good night, Absolutely. everybody. Cute little boys. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, and Mike, what do you got for us? Uh, my show will be back at some point. We'll yes. see what happens. Um, PGIF. A few ideas on you, how to handle things, but if you just want to hear me say stupid shit, uh, I probably don't want you to actually read uh, it's Hyper 90s on Twitter. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Facebook, etc. We're at Hey Listen Radio everywhere. Uh, and that's about it. We done. You made it with one minute to spare. Hold on. One minute All right. to what? The line will have to go. He said uh, 725, I think. Oh, it's 726. Mine says 724. <laughs> oh, it's 726. My computer is on. Okay, well, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done.